today I'm talking with Taylor and I'm sorry, it's Landeryu. Yep. Does that sound right? It is. Taylor yep. Landeryu from Roseworks, right? Yep. So this is out of uh, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, yep. And you went to U of M. Yep. So that's so awesome. Just in Ann Arbor for a while. <laughs> that's great. It's actually a really cool place. Um, so tell me a little bit about kind of your journey from okay, you graduated high school, you're trying to figure out what you want to do, you went to college, and how you got here. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, graduated high school, I went to the University of Michigan for neuroscience. I thought I wanted to be like um, a researcher, go get my PhD, do neuroscience research. And um, I was lucky enough to become a research assistant at one of the labs there, which is, yeah, an awesome opportunity. And um, I worked all four years as a research assistant under the same researcher doing cool stuff around like hypothalamus and lifespan. Um, learned a lot of bench techniques and also most importantly learned that I did not want to become a researcher. <laughs> um, you know, I stuck with it because I did, it was like a really great experience and opportunity and you know, I got paid to do it. So it yeah. worked with my schedule. I could do homework in between experiments. So yeah. why not? Um, and so I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to be a researcher, but I have this like neuroscience degree I'm working on. That's like a pretty good degree for pre-med. So I like was like, okay, I'll just become a doctor. No big <laughs> sure, deal. why not? Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, along, my, along, along the way, I took this really cool class. Um, it was a psychology class. So mm -hmm. neuroscience is like, you know, the, the harder sciences, you have your biology, your chemistry, yeah. your physics, and then you do like softer science stuff like psychology. And so, yeah one of the um like elective courses i took mm -hmm. it was psychology of environmental stewardship and so it was like thinking all about you know like the behaviors and psychology behind why do people or how you can encourage people to behave in ways that are more like environmentally friendly hmm. and sustainable interesting so it's like individual level and community level as well um, but yeah, I found it super fascinating. I love the professor. Yeah. I ended up taking a bunch of his other classes that I could get my hands on. And, um, and I was also in another program that was like at the end of my undergrad that's called um, Sustainability Scholars. And it's like every graduating class you apply to it and they choose like 25 students that all have different majors. So like, you know, me as the neuroscience major, I was with math majors, English majors, business students all um who you know have those different majors but then are also interested in sustainability yeah and, like you bring everyone comes together and you bond and you make cool friendships but then yeah. you also like talk about sustainability from your different perspectives right so, really cool and super fascinating stuff. yeah it was it was very really a really enriching experience yeah. that i wish a lot of people had because for sure it was really cool to yeah see this thing that you're so passionate about but see it from all these different angles right um so yeah so then i was like Hmm, like the med, school, the med school thing still sounds cool, but like let's just put that on hold for a little bit and like let's go get our master's in sustainability because the University of Michigan has a great grad program. It's called their, well, when I went there, uh, my first year was called School for Natural Resources and Environment and then halfway through they, you know, did a brand change to <laughs> School for Environment and Sustainability to be a little less extractive sounding, I guess. Right. Um, so it was SNRE and now when I graduated it was called C's and that's what you'll hear about now if you look it up, C's. It's a great school, highly recommend. Kind of a um, better acronym too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, C's the day. Right? <laughs> um, and yeah, like more water focused. Yeah. Um, 
was I gonna say? Oh, but it's, it's technically like the forestry school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? that's what I was thinking. So, is that sounds like yeah, forestry it, so it was like or service? Yeah, it started out with forestry yeah. and moved its way up to sustainability. Yeah. Um, so I like to say that I graduated with my degree in tree hugging. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> is that on your resume? No. Oh, no. you should. I should put that. That's my joke. My mom makes. So my family, they're all staters. They all went. My my uh, mom, my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents. Ew. And then all of my other. <laughs> I'm <cousins>. sorry. <laughs> my my younger brother's there right now. So every I'm the oh, little man. black sheep you that are. went to U of M and uh, and they got like, a sustainability yeah. degree. <laughs> so They're like, wait, like. If you if you were so interested in like you know agriculture and stuff, you should have come to state. But right, you know that's part of the path. You can't plan things. So back to yeah. So I was getting my master's degree, and then I um, actually applied to medical school because my plan was that I was going to incorporate sustainability. And like the way I saw it was like sustainable behaviors can also be like very like, healthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like growing your own food is you know better for sure. the environment arguably and better for your health. Yep to work because you know a similar right. thing so I was like that makes total sense I'll just like go get, it in. yeah like I'll get this degree in sustainability and like incorporate it into my medical practice mm-hmm. and um, yes yeah, so I applied to med school like the summer between my two years of grad school and um, I didn't get like I got like the you always get like the first round of like okay you've applied like pay us more money write another essay and then we'll interview you and no one called me back to interview me and I was not bummed about it. I was like, oh, thank God. But like, right. I didn't, like, it was... It was like the universe yeah. telling you, no. Yeah, everyone was like, no. oh, you you applied to hard schools. Like, just reapply again next year. Like, no one really gets in there first time. And I was like, no. Like, I don't, don't, don't feel like reapplying. Do. So that's my, yeah, that was I like my... <laughs> that was the universe being like, no. And um, so I was like, okay, I'll just go, like, use this degree and get a job. How mm-hmm. hard can it be to get a job with a degree? Well, it turns out it's hard. It is um, hard. <laughs> especially when you Common like, misconception yeah. that we teach people. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially because I had gone straight through with school. So I had like, you know, part-time experience right. working as a research assistant. But I not was, a ton. Yeah, probably. I was a graduate student instructor my second year of grad okay. school. So it's like, you know, still like teaching classes like 20 hours a week and then like taking your own. Yeah. But yeah, it's all part-time. So yeah. it was... You know, on my ride. I didn't know that like internships were a thing that people who like weren't in business could get. I thought that was like only the B school students that got those. I, I didn't realize that like yeah, anybody can get an internship. Sure. Wait, I want to make sure I'm not blocking the microphone. <laughs> you I realize I just touched it. I'm aware of it. Um, but yeah, so it was it was trickier. And as I was about to graduate, um, I was like interviewing for this one job and got you know called back. And I was like, oh, I have this. I totally have it. And then like nothing. I didn't hear back for weeks. And I was like, oh, okay, so we are still searching. Okay. Um, and so yeah, just applying to jobs as much as I could after I graduated and then got lucky enough to get interviewed for so I was actually applying like all over. I was mm-hmm. applying I was in Ann Arbor, but I was applying West Coast, East Coast. Was this um, before you had a family then? This so I I was pregnant actually. So that was there was a little bit of pressure yeah. uh, to get the job. Yeah. <laughs> so and you know, get it before I was too pregnant. But yes. as it turns out, I ended up getting a job at um, the business school at University okay. of Michigan. Not because I have any business background, <laughs> but because I have the Michigan the University of Michigan background. I right. I taught students there. I know how, you know, the student life is. Yeah. 
Um, and so I was doing like student programs, but at the business school, mm -hmm. and they were like, you can learn all the business stuff. Like, yeah. it's more important that you know how to like work with students and you understand kind of right. the institution. The soft, soft skills. Exactly. Yeah, which are harder to teach. Yes, right. That's, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and so I got that job June 28th, and then I was you know pregnant with my son whose due date was july 29th oh, and of man. course fourth of july made like hr slow or whatever so i didn't i started a week before my due date oh and, my god um, actually sorry i started two weeks before my due date but my son was breached and it was a whole thing so i ended delivering a week early so i was i worked for a week at the job <laughs> and then took you know eight weeks of maternity leave and then yeah. hopped right back in and um you know luckily they were as I don't know, as chill as you can be about like starting a job and then going on maternity leave. Right. Um, they're very understanding. I mean, it sucks that like in the US we don't have like better maternity leave, like universally widespread or whatever. I know. Um, but I, I mean, I was just like happy to have a job. <laughs> so I, I try not to complain too much. Um, but yeah, so I did, I did that job at the University of Michigan and I kind of like to think of it as like getting my like vicarious business degree. Yeah. So, you know, I was working with these students that either were starting their own businesses, mm -hmm. which is really cool, or, and or some of them were doing both. Some of the students at the business school are in what's called a student-led venture capital fund. So it's like oh. a real venture capital fund, wow. real money that they're doing due diligence on real companies. Yeah. And, um, it was just like awesome exposure to things. I wasn't like doing due diligence with the students, but like, I'd be like the logistics one, like, what's your number so I can wire this these funds to you, like, right. you know? So it was cool getting to kind of see like the back end of something. Exactly. And just yeah. exposure to all the different business types mm -hmm. that students were coming up with and all the different stages they were at. Um, so That's I was really there for cool. almost two years. Oh, I kind of my maternity leave. And yeah, I learned a lot um, and I learned to like embrace business. So, you know, as someone that was like really into sustainability as an undergrad and like did that in my grad program too like business was not a thing that I would have like ever thought I would they touch. They seem very opposite. They seem so mm -hmm. opposite um and you know I'm still like conflicted in my thinking and I haven't like I think we're always evolving our thinking around right. this too but you know like yeah as an undergrad I've been like I am an anti-capitalist like no thank you I don't want that and I still kind of am like that yeah. way in some ways I, I think you know we're all at a point where we're like okay there has to be something like better than this but yes I'm also interested in how like business has funding and like can get stuff done if mm -hmm. you want to mm -hmm. so I think there's power in like you know harnessing what business can do to like get us over the hurdle get us to that next stage right um, in sustainability so that's kind of my current like how you know I don't know. I deal with these like dualities <laughs> right. of, of it. But anyway, so yeah, I, I got really interested in that and like entrepreneurship too, um, mm -hmm. and the innovation that comes along with that. And like, yeah, there's like a huge like human behavior component to that as right. well. That you know was interesting from my neuroscience perspective. Um, but yeah, so I got I got more interested in that, and I was like, I I could keep doing stuff like this. Like I I don't want to be like doing student student programs are great and that's awesome, but like I'd like to be like actually doing some of this yeah um and so I, I found this job with GrowthWorks, which is a growth strategy and innovation consulting firm mm -hmm. it's a boutique so it's smaller it's located in ann arbor so it was just <laughs> coming down like three blocks the road <laughs> um so that was that's nice, nice. <laughs> yeah yeah and um that i started that job march 2020 <laughs> so yeah you know yep and, and that story goes from there but um 
I've been loving that and that's where I am right now. And um, your title for them is data analyst? Senior analyst. So senior I, analyst. I, I do it I deal with data but it's more qualitative. I do some quant but it's more qualitative. Qualitative? Mm -hmm. Okay. And how does that play with like the the whole like so you did do some like number games and stuff when you were looking at the um like the the business school um but like the, the qualitative is more of the psychology aspect mm -hmm. of things right yeah yeah more so. than anything yeah so like you know when i was a research assistant in the neuroscience lab i was dealing with like hard numbers right um and like as i moved through my schooling like in my grad program like i took like several courses like on like advanced research methods that were more qualitative focused yeah so yeah those were two things that I had like lots of experience and skills mm -hmm. in um, and I kind of get to mesh them in this new role of like taking in some hard data numbers but then also like having the qualitative lens to kind of like triangulate where different and yeah. like solve problems that way that's awesome um I'm a I'm a problem solver like that's where I love to like I don't know it makes me happy, I guess. Yeah, it's one of the things that makes me right. super happy is helping people solve problems. And f um, from like a UX perspective, the, d the data is always very like overwhelming for me. Like mm -hmm. that, that like reaching out and doing like customer surveys and collecting all this stuff and making sure you're doing due diligence and um, like analyzing it though. Mm -hmm. Like I could do the collecting, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the analysis part that like hangs me up that I'm like, okay, how do I like, like draw conclusions from this? And I actually think it's really fascinating. It's not something I'm super great at it. Mm -hmm. It takes practice, but it yeah. is very scientific. Yeah. It's, it, there is, it, it reminds me of like fifth grade when we would do like, <laughs> You know our little guppies <laughs> in their like ecosystem yeah. and we would study like right. the cause and effect and totally. and like it's not like I could survey a guppy but <laughs> but if I could sometimes it feels like that <laughs> how you feeling Joe yeah. you know like th that's where that quantitative qualitative yeah like it makes sense for me now mm -hmm. um but I still struggle with it so like do you have any tips I guess for mm. people who um like feel uncomfortable with that process of like how they could you know maybe like learn and grow and, and because it's super important yeah. for anyone I think in any job to understand like the whys mm -hmm. right because isn't that really what you're doing is yeah. you to make sure that you're operating at the best level yeah you have to understand the whys right so a couple a couple of things so <laughs> One of the reasons I actually took the job that I have now is yeah. like the interview process felt really good. Like I was like in, intuitively, I was like, this feels really you can exciting. Tell. Yeah, you can just tell. You can tell. Yeah. And the CEO, when I was interviewing with him, he asked me this great question. It's like the most basic question ever, but it's like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like if you remember, and like how has that come to you know fruition? Yeah. You? And I do remember, and it's pretty. I don't know. It's pretty what was spot it? on. What was it? It was I was going to be a scientist during the weeks. And on the weekends, I was going to be an artist. So I was going to be like in a white lab coat doing <laughs> chemistry during the like week. Like Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you and take then, it off. And, and you're then on the weekends, I was artist. a ballerina and a painter. Um, so I'm oh, not like exactly those things, but I think it's a good like metaphor That's for, so you know, having like science and art in, in my life and, yeah. and having those come together and infusing them in different things. Yeah. But so I guess the two things, one that's more artsy or whatever, and then one that's a little bit harder, is that um, 
I like to practice, like practicing being creative. I just, no, <laughs> it's like the antithesis of being creative. It's like practicing. No, it makes total sense. But um, I get it. Just yeah. <laughs> like I, I uh, took a course on um, like creative problem solving. And one of yeah. the things they have you do is like every day, pick a random object and just come up with ideas for things that you could use that object for that are different than what you would normally expect. Yeah. Like a paperclip yeah, or yeah. something. It's like you take a minute and you just jot down as That's, many things as you can. It's like innovation. Yeah, it's in just it, like innovation in, stuff. In its most basic form. Right, exactly. So just getting that muscle like working and practicing, yeah. like it's a good warm up before you start working on something. Yeah. It's to just like, yeah, go like Google search like random objects and look at that one for a minute and write down as much as you can and like, yeah, just kind of keep practicing doing that. It's a good warm up yeah. um, that I find for getting that creative muscle going. Yeah. And then in terms of like looking at data, a lot of times what I do, it's like hard because you want to use frameworks from the get go. You're like, okay, yeah. this is like kind of the framework I have in mind for like how I'm going to approach this data. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes it's a lot more bottom up. You have to just like lay it all out and then just start to piece together and put little nexuses here like grouping yeah and just kind that of do like sense. iterations of like yeah. okay how do these fit together are they at the same level how do they interact um we use miro a lot yeah, for yeah. like our online whiteboarding but my colleagues and i use it all the time just like for our thinking because yeah. it's a great tool to just have it all laid out there and you can move it around a lot easier and we make a lot of maps is what we end up making yeah. a lot of <laughs> and that helps us you know guide our thinking and make sure we're covering all of our bases but yeah those are kind of the two things I would say is like flex that creativity muscle because you have to yeah. if you want it and then yeah sometimes <laughs> analyzing data is not as like scientific I guess as it has to be it can just be more I love that laying things out yeah. and like letting your brain do the pattern recognition for you yeah um, yeah and not like a lot being of, so straight like straight like about it, it has to fit into this framework yeah. from the get-go right yeah you might uncover new stuff yeah. um it's more fun yeah it's more fun it's <laughs> yeah it's more rewarding and like yeah. um uh, I lost my train of thought and I feel like you're not <laughs> struggling because I that's where I struggle is like if it's not like whenever I think of like a scientific approach to things and like well it has to be this way right mm -hmm. and then you're trying to like shove the things in there to make it make sense mm -hmm. and then when it doesn't feel right you just like keep hitting walls yeah. and that's where I get stuck a lot of the times mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people mm -hmm. would benefit from that perspective of like okay get your creativity going and then figure out and let your brain do the work yeah right like the pattern conclusions mm -hmm. that makes so much sense yeah a lot of it's just like pattern recognition recognition and then like synthesizing and like paraphrasing almost i would that's actually i struggle most with paraphrasing like i love like buzzwords and keywords yes I, I tend to be more of a concise person and so like it's hard to paraphrase paraphrase things when you are already being concise <laughs> but that we're all that, working on it we are and i think like that's a little bit of the magic too that like like sentence structuring for me is another wall yeah. that I hit a lot and I'm and I try really hard to practice like just writing in mm -hmm. general I think yeah. is super important and it's one habit that I've not been able to stick with no matter how many hard, like how hard like I try like writing a journal like a journal I know because it's so hard you just yeah. get better mm -hmm. at writing in yeah. general for anything you're doing right. And totally. it's a super important skill. It is. It's it's good for like processing emotions too. Yes. Like it, it has yeah. lots of benefits. I know. I'm the same way. I'm such a like 
I don't journal as regularly as I would like to, but I, I do it like when I'm like, okay, I clearly I need to journal I need, right to, now. I need yeah. it, I need it. And I miss that about college. I had a really great writing class. I had a great professor um, and it wasn't even like, I didn't go to school for that. I went to school for medical. It just happened to be an elective that I had to take. And I found that I really loved it because I'd never experienced free writing before okay, without cool. a lot of structure. Yeah. And like, I miss that. So I've got to figure out how to like get that I back. Know. There's, there's some parts of school where it's like, it's good to have. Yeah, like somebody people, to just tell me, yeah, like keep this you, is due, and right. you're gonna you, yeah. you're gonna fail, and I'm like, okay, I gotta <laughs> I do know. that. No one does that for me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so hard that like intrinsic motivation to do things like that. Um, it's probably just my personality though. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, what you just said too, it like makes yeah, electives are so important. Like I think about like the elective that changed my you know course was my like environment and right. psychology course. You know, so electives are important, and you should. They, take they them open and, your mind and right. open new paths. They're not just easy classes. No, they are for no. exploration. And yeah, they get they they let you start to get to know yourself on a different level because if you've never been introduced to those things, and it might be happenstance. Like for me, it was the professor that made the difference. Sure, maybe I, it's not even the subject. Yeah, yeah it was totally the, the the passion that she taught with and the care that she took with us that made me pay more attention and care about it more than anything else. Right. And so it was the person in that aspect. But I think that like we need more instances of that early on in our lives to help open up more paths. Like that's mm -hmm. the most important thing yeah. at that time is like, right. you should have like a hundred paths you right. could choose. And like, you might go down one and then decide, no, actually I want to be over here and I need to be over here. Yeah. Because if you're just like doing this the whole time, mm -hmm. you got pretty far and you missed out on right. like all those opportunities just yeah. without meaning to, but because you just didn't have the awareness because mm -hmm. you didn't have that choice. Yeah. So I think it's, it's super fascinating. No. That's kind of like an off, off topic. But. No, but yeah, yeah. The paths that you take and how you stumble upon them. Yeah. Like, and like how you allow yourself to go on them. I think for so long I was, I was like, no, you're just going to be a doctor. Doctor. and like resisting the sustainability thing I was like oh, I'll just be like a side thing like, right and it's like oh no like okay clearly like this is what I want to exactly be on. and I think so that's what I like most about this podcast is you might not necessarily fit because a lot of the times I interview people that never go to college mm -hmm. but what I really like about your story is the way that you used college to find <laughs> yeah. like where you're at now isn't what most people would have expected. Right. Right. No, not if, at all. if you told them your background, <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't understand, like they couldn't connect the pieces yeah. there. It's it's hard for people to connect. It's even right. hard for like in my mind I know how it all works. Yeah. And I like especially like hindsight, I can see how it all like played together. Yeah. But yeah, like along the way Oftentimes I felt like I was make, not making it up, but I was making my own story. Exactly. Sure. And a lot of us are and that's okay. Like there's so it much is. Like I will say, like the, there's my, fear though. There is it. huge fear. My C, the CEO, when he was interviewing me, that was another thing. He he recognized that he was like, yeah. you have like done a lot of amazing things, and it's like you did it yourself, like not yourself, but like you figured out how to make it happen. Exactly. Like you, yeah, you didn't just like follow the book. Right. Um, of like, okay, I'm going to med school. And I need to do X, Y, and Z. So, right. Um, but it was a yeah. good thing. But it was a good thing it to not, thing. yeah. And it was a very good thing. I can't overstep and say you're super happy, but you no, seem happy yes. and, and seem it to enjoy was, your work. It was way more rewarding and enriching. Yeah. Um, and yeah, 
I like, thank God every day I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I but can't imagine. Not everyone's meant to, but mm -hmm. if you didn't know the other options were exactly. there, it just, you're like, oh yeah, that's the path. That right. makes sense, totally. right? But you had to have those other opportunities. And that's like, mm -hmm. how can, that's my like passion, I guess. It's mm -hmm. like, how can I make sure that kids these days see all the past like let's keep creating yeah. more past for right. these kids more awareness it's, it's even like it's even like further maybe beyond, beyond like just the current past too it's yeah. like thinking into the beyond future, the future. Like what in 10 years will exactly. be a role because like, look how much the world is changing on a yeah. daily basis especially with covid that's accelerated even further mm -hmm. and we have no idea five years from now right. yeah. I, like predictability has gotten so much smaller <laughs> yeah, yeah. than it used to things be. Things are very disrupted. Um, yeah. And that's like one of the things that we focus on in our firm too. We're very like futuristic, like for some of the projects we work yeah. on, we do like a lot of more like future scenarios and things. Um, and like just, we call them like disruptor analysis, but yeah. So we are like looking in, you know, all of the different territories that could possibly impact our clients industries and and even beyond their industries too yeah and so that work is really exciting too to be yeah. like thinking in the future about that kind of stuff oh it's, it's fun. fun yeah it's <laughs> it's fun a little scary but it's mostly fun it's like oh it's almost like magic right like you can yeah. pretend that mm -hmm. and i think science is mad like to me science yeah. is magic oh it is it's the magic we've forgotten mm -hmm. and totally. i think it's super fascinating um i never wanted to be a scientist but i always enjoyed learning mm -hmm. about science mm -hmm. um and the, the role it has to play. And I think it's super important that we do pay attention to, like somebody needs to be watching on the horizon mm -hmm. to know like what are the next pathways because yeah. we've always depended on the older generation mm -hmm. to get us there. Right. And now with the way technology works, those people have not a clue. They don't know. They have not a clue. <laughs> and they can't, they might predict, right. but odds are pretty good they're basing that off of what right what what yeah like, it's like it's this inter it's this integration that's needed yeah. between like wisdom that people do have yes. and that is useful but also like being able to project and vision for a different kind of future yeah and new like, tech mm -hmm. what that means for the world ai all yeah. of these things like this the work that elon musk is doing mm -hmm. like he is Shout one out of those... to starlink <laughs> <laughs> Keith does that stuff all the time too. He's like, come on, please. <laughs> um, wow. But he, he is one of those people that decided on his own that like, he's not going to wait around for mm -hmm. the elders to figure it yeah. out. And he's just going to start doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably a lot of work that you guys are doing too. Yeah. We love the doing. I love the doing and yeah. trying it out. Like you're never going to know if it'll work unless you try it out. I right. mean, there's obviously like, um, you know, careful, like forethought and insight that you mm -hmm. can get beforehand. But, um, what is the book called? I think it's the artist's way. I read it when I was in my master's program. So for my master's thesis, I wrote a book about local food mm -hmm. and I was just kind of reading a lot of books about Oh, well, a lot of things, but I read this Artist Way book. It was like recommended to me yeah. for like being more creative. And one of the quote, the only, not probably the only thing really that stuck, <laughs> that stuck from that book is a quote that's like, "Leap and the net will appear." So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I that, in my life that that's has like worked. Work, it's like me. entrepreneurship. Yeah, it is like entrepreneurship. It is like entrepreneurship. Totally, it's like yeah. you just have to try it and and Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. And, and know that like something will, yeah, yeah, something will click. 
And if it doesn't, then it probably wasn't meant to be. Probably wasn't meant to be, and you just pick yourself off yep. that sidewalk and <laughs> you say, Where's that net? Right. Okay. <laughs> like a kid, just dust it off, yeah. buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to be all right. You'll be okay. And that's one thing that I keep saying over and over on this podcast every time I interview someone. Um, like, I, I've. I am a stability person. That's my love language. Yeah. And I've, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> and I'm in entrepreneurship now. Okay. So I have no choice. <laughs> yes. Right? Totally. <laughs> so the thing, the mantra that I say to myself when I'm feeling really anxious mm-hmm. and not sh- like not sure what to do next or if I can even do it, I say, but will you die, Ashley? <laughs> and yes. usually it's a no. And usually it's a no. Totally. And then I'm like, then just buck up and do it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll like, we've like, from a personal perspective, my husband and I have lived that way for a while and mm-hmm. it's terrifying to our family members. Yeah, sure. But we've always been fine. And like 10 years down the road now, they're kind of like, oh, they're mm-hmm. all right. They've got yeah. it. Like they're no. going to be okay. Totally. That's, yeah. <laughs> they've that's, always been okay. So yeah. they're going to be all right. And I think that's kind of where we're at. Like we need to build that, like, I don't know it's like a grit almost mm-hmm. of like supporting mm-hmm. this new generation of doers yeah. that are willing to just keep jumping off those cliffs mm-hmm. and yeah. then like supporting them and stop saying like you shouldn't be doing that that's what you get for cliff diving like not punishing them <laughs> totally. for taking the leap but instead supporting them and be like it's okay just get yeah. back up again and mm-hmm. try again and right. we're kind of in that transition now between generations i think yeah we are in like that weird yeah mm-hmm. so this kind of brings me to kind of what i wanted to talk about as like a working parent mm-hmm. you know we're both working moms yeah. and um s- not similar fields but at least like we have that understanding of I think we get a gist of what we each do. Yes. The new world, Mm -hmm. the new economy, like where we're heading um, and how to get our kids prepared for what that's going to look like because everything behind us now, Mm -hmm. yes, there's some wisdom to it, but we almost have to scrap a lot of that and guess, right? We're making a lot of educated guesses. Lots of educated guesses. College might not even exist for our kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That... and I'm a big supporter of like choosing your own path. I don't think college is the only way. I think it does serve a purpose to mm-hmm. an extent. And I'm salty about my own college experience, but now I've come full circle and come to terms with like, well, you should have figured that out a lot sooner, Ashley. You, you know, like I. Well, but when the dominant culture is telling you college, 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 right? College, where are you going to college? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so like, as a parent. And knowing what you know, how does that affect like your entire like mother experience? If you don't mind sharing, yeah, I mean my kids are pretty young, so I haven't thought about it too much. Though, yeah. like it definitely has crossed my mind that like we have we are very fortunate enough to have like family members help us yeah. like, start a college fund for both of our kids. Yeah, but it has many times crossed my mind like, are they even going to go to college? Is college going to even be a thing? It like, might not. Um, and yeah, I mean, even like for my son, like I could see him doing a profession that's not like college, that mm-hmm. doesn't require college yeah. too. Um, my daughter's really young, so I don't know exactly what her <laughs> personality is yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I mean, and it's getting jumping ahead to your other question no, too, okay. but like that's kind of like why we moved up here. We were like, well, I guess the best thing we can do for them is let them be exposed to nature mm-hmm. um, and yeah, get out of the city <laughs> and just. Yeah. Um, I don't know, personally, like, if you go way back in my story, like, I grew up around a lot of nature, too, and I think that, um, 
nature can help you feel supported it like does. even when you don't have like a social network around you so i think just having that like basic connection to like nature grounding is so grounding you need and, that yeah, yeah i think like that's probably like number one priority for the kids is just letting them yeah have access to nature yeah. regularly um get to know more about like rhythms like with you know seasonality but also like finding yeah. your own rhythm with like balancing your work and your interests mm-hmm. have you ever heard of the um it's like a metaphor like a split a spinning plate metaphor like instead of like you have like work-life balance you have all of your things that you have to you know be responsible for yep and they're all plates spinning on like mm-hmm. a stick and basically like you spin one you spin the next one you spin and you just have to make sure you get back in time to that first mm-hmm. one to spin it before it falls yes and i think that is such versus like, the scales versus the scales so of like, how i that? like the word harmony mm, instead yeah, of totally. balance yes because you can't th- there is there no, is no. <laughs> it, do- it doesn't exist yeah. and um yeah the spinning plates right of like you just focus it's time mm-hmm. right you have a allotted time yeah. and you have to make sure that you're trying to yeah get each of those within that allotted time totally and it's and sometimes they hard. fall and sometimes they yeah. fall sometimes they fall but and then you went oh yep. shit <laughs> <laughs> you need to go get me a plate though <laughs> um not good for sustainability not good for sustainability. <laughs> you're gonna go dig up some clay yep make your make own it, plate with your solar kiln uh, <laughs> which you can do at Clayworks downstairs at campfire co-works Ooh. shout out <laughs> maybe maybe melissa will sponsor yes us. there we go <laughs> No, so, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's terrifying as being a parent right now. I think it's it probably is. terrifying being a parent anytime, anytime, but right now it just feels no, super. I heavy. feel like probably, and this <laughs> this could have mixed connotations. I almost don't want to say it um, <laughs> because <can't> it <laughs> I fully respect and understand that it's not the same because. I mean, there are lives on the lines, but not to the extent. So, like, war times, right? Mm -hmm. Of what it had to have been as a parent. But I feel that weight of the unknown of whether I don't know if my kid's going to make it. Mm -hmm. Because I can't predict how to prepare him for life anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the answers are. And I don't feel safe sending him into the world yet. And yes. thankfully, he's seven. Yeah. So we have some time. time but you, see, but you have to build those building blocks mm-hmm. when they're and young. And that's it. I think it's the building blocks. It like, is. The ba- like, that's for me, like, you know, because they're so young. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to the basics. Like, here is a tree. This tree gives you apples <laughs> in the fall. Plant them so you right. have something to eat. <laughs> you know, like. What if it's a zombie apocalypse? Exactly. Right? I mean, you know, I, And tech I, is gone I, completely. I know. I right? hate to go there. You know, I hate you to there, to, but though. I have to. You have, have to, to as a parent. Yeah. We have discussions all the time where my kid will ask me, he's like, mm-hmm. Mom, what would I do if you died? And, yeah. my, like, I get a lot of judgment from people that I'm really honest with. And yeah. when I answer that question, I'm like, but what if I died? Yeah. That's a very real thing yeah, that could is. happen with the way that our environment is, yeah. with the way that wars have come and gone. Yeah. I can't guarantee that he won't have to face that inevitability. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's my job as a parent. Yes, I want to protect him in his state of mind. And I understand that kids need to be kids. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to an extent, teaching him survival can be a fun experience. Oh, totally. We can go out, we can go camping. We can learn how to get our own wood. Mm -hmm. We'll collect water. You know, like doing it that way is still protecting their childhood. Mm -hmm. But we have, like, I feel like I have to prepare him Mm -hmm. for that inevitability. It's so heavy. It's (laughs) it's super heavy. But it's true. It's true. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, if doing something like that helps you feel more like settled mm-hmm. then that's what you have to do right like, right yeah um yeah part of why we moved up here right it's yeah because i hate thinking about it but like the climate crisis is real and uh there's what a lot are they of, gonna do for food yeah there's a lot of fresh water up here there's you know a lot more forests up here uh we have several apple trees in our yard thank <laughs> goodness we're planting more yeah this year um but yeah but other reasons why i moved up to Marquette <laughs> that are i don't know so a little bit more fun maybe. yeah it's just um so my dad was born here he was my grandpa was on the air force base and they he was born up oh, here i think okay. he was here for like three years and then they so all of our families downstate yeah um both mine and my husband's and um but my grandpa so my parents are divorced but my dad and my grandpa and my brother and i would come up here all the time for vacations in yeah. the summer um, my dad and my brother are really into uh, geology, oh, so we would go to like stuff. we. I remember like middle school, so embarrassed that we were like going to the Ishpeming Rock Club as our vacation. Like that, <laughs> that was the whole the point. <laughs> the whole point yeah. of our vacation was to go meet up with the Ishpeming Rock Club for a field trip to go to this random location that they had found, yeah. and like let my dad, and my brother, like hammer out and like, oh look at all these rocks we got. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go text my friend over here. <laughs> but, so awesome. but you know, I I really had such a good time. But I bet you value it now. I value it so much. Yeah. And uh, my grandpa has pa- has since passed, well, but like sorry. I definitely like feel his presence when I'm. I you know I can yeah. tell that, you know, he's happy that I'm here, and that makes me feel good. Even though we don't actually have like, you know, physical family up here, I feel like you know there's spiritually spiritually there's like yeah. appreciation and the love memories for this place. that have been imprinted here yeah and my you. and my dad definitely like loves hearing our updates and yeah. uh, so that's that's a good I, I don't have like a super close relationship with him but moving up here has like made him be like excited about you know what we're doing and, yeah. and have a connection that's nice um, yeah and I will say like my mom was the one that was like you guys are young your kids are young like go Just do, do it. it like go do it because yeah. like my my husband's parents they're super immensely supportive but they were like bummed because you know we lived in Ann Arbor we have grandkids that they got to see like it's the reason whenever they haven't moved I know I mean it it's It's really if you started in a different place yes that's they're they're used to it but when you've lived there your whole life like they have that expectation Mm -hmm. and you build that bond and like my son is so close to my Mm mother-in-law like she helped raise him yeah and for like for me to know that I not just for him but for her Mm -hmm. to take that away from them yeah that's such a hard choice it it definitely factors into why we've stuck around Mm -hmm. and now I'm at the point where the things I was gonna go seek in the city, I'm just creating myself. Like, there all right, you go. that's awesome. We I just got to bring the city here. Right. All the things that we want and the reasons we were gonna move away. We'll just make it happen here, and everybody's mm. happy. <laughs> no, that's yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, because they are like a key part of our support, and yeah. you know, they ultimately, of course, they were like, yes, you should go do this, and and they're happy. They've come visit. They come to like every month, <laughs> which is so nice. That's so nice. They come up, um, yeah. And they love it. Too. Yeah, they're really in love with our home and where we are and stuff. Well, so. that's always good too. Like, yeah. it's a good place for them to come vacation. Exactly. Okay. Here, I forgot to include this. My husband 
lives in Michigan. He's almost 40. Yeah. He has lived in Michigan his whole life, and he had never been to the Upper Peninsula until I met him, and I, like, dragged him up here for a vacation. I was like, that's not need to get up here. I mean, he's been here a long time, so that's ridiculous, but we've talked with a lot of people that live downstate, and they're like, I've never been to the UP, and I'm like, I know. It's we go sad. downstate all the time. Hello. <laughs> Return the favor, it's okay. people. Actually, they don't need to come up. Here. <laughs> only only no, the no trolls ones. allowed. <laughs> no, I'm I'm too uh, I'm too fresh to say that. Uh, no, no. We, I, I'm half Uper. Okay, my dad was born here. <laughs> no judgment. No, no. we want to be a welcoming place. It's yeah. just that there is a, there's a duty, and this is something that we pay attention to here at Campfire. There's mm-hmm. a duty to us as a like as part of this community that have lived here our whole lives to be welcoming mm-hmm. to the people that want to come here but also set up if we have expectations be upfront about them yeah, totally. show tell people that you know this is how the economy works this is and we have to be willing to change mm-hmm. and grow yes. because otherwise we will get overrun we will get left behind we yeah. won't there will be they'll go somewhere else right. and then what will we do because it's good to be welcoming to outsiders mm-hmm. yeah because that's how you grow because you mm. need diversity diversity right. is so important is. to help you grow and there's a fine line i understand but you have to you have to have that welcoming aspect it's just set boundaries then mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable with certain things yeah. or if they're out there doing things that you don't like, it might not be that they're doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's that they come from a different background, and to them, like, this is a normal thing. Like, hey, I'm going to start up this business, Mm -hmm. and it might be, I didn't know you were doing it over here because I'm new to town, and I didn't mean to overstep They should be doing a little bit of market work. <laughs> they should, but yes, but yeah. But they had sure. good intentions. There's a good way of working things out. There is. You know? There's a way to work for everyone to work together, mm-hmm. and don't assume that they had bad intentions just because they're outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something you should, you know, you should feel welcome here. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to say I'm half Uper. You should just be like <laughs> I'm a Uper, right? right. Because yeah. you live here now sure. and you care about this place, yeah. don't, right? Oh. So immensely. Why else would you mm-hmm. live here? Right. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. And I think that there's a, that we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I hope we yeah. get there. I mean, I see the signs though, like yeah. of working through it. Like yeah. you guys are working through it and I don't know. I think it's great. I mean, we left Ann Arbor because Ann Arbor is a nightmare right now. It is like, it is you know the smallest biggest city or whatever but yeah. it is a big city now but yeah. it, it's infrastructure is it's small tiny. Yeah. um and there's just construction all over the place and my, my husband grew up in ann arbor and he's like it is not ann arbor anymore it is do you like, feel like it's becoming like a traverse city mm-hmm. or like grand rapids more like i don't well i wish it was bigger like grand rapids and had more infrastructure yeah i don't know it's just uh it's very heavily populated yeah. and a lot of it is like apartments yeah um, and it's not growing this way fast enough yeah well i don't i don't know exactly it just is losing its character you know oh, what i mean yeah um yeah there's like a lot a lot it of it grew too much it grew too much there's a lot more you know big big brands big stores yeah. chains and it doesn't probably have... be because the locals like we were just saying like yeah the locals the local boutiques lost like, are, they yeah. lost traction or like mm-hmm. not control but like they're not necessarily players in the game yeah. as much as they used to be mm-hmm. that's totally. sad it is and it's yeah it's really interesting to see like because my 
my father-in-law has been there since he was in high school so he has really seen like the shift from like small sleepy college town to like yeah. pretty much all year round there's too many people interesting <laughs> um but but yeah so I, I really hope that like Marquette can find a good balance of keeping its really cool character right and, but also still allowing for growth and and yeah bringing in diversity yeah um, I think there is there's definitely a way because if you look yeah. at like the east coast I think is a really good example of college towns that do it right mm-hmm. um when I've driven through the different areas there the you see how they've kept like that historical charm Mm -hmm. but yet you know that their population is huge so i think we probably could look to some of those yeah those areas it's definitely like a planning thing right like a planning and zoning thing could really help for managing like how the city grows and but yeah i don't know i don't know enough about like how like local economies are factored into like zoning and planning right. other places. That's a lot over my head too. But I <laughs> but feel should be, interested. Right? Like I feel really yeah. interested in learning more about it because we need to know because if we're out here trying to foster like the education opportunities because we want we're outsourcing our most like mm-hmm. valuable resources and that's mm-hmm. our people. Yeah. We're losing people at vast rates mm-hmm. because the jobs and the, inf- the infrastructure is right. not here. Yeah. And we need to do something about that. But I like if I'm going to tell people that hey, you need to like here's a job that will let mm-hmm. you stay here. Right. I need to be aware is that even possible? Like what's our limit? Yeah. Yeah. You what's know, we're, we're, we have yeah. the make it Marquette thing mm-hmm. where that's taking people from outside and bringing them in. Right, kind of more my situation. Right, right. but do we have the infrastructure to support something like that? Yeah. The housing crisis is something that everyone's talking about right now. Yeah. And they are working on it, but what's the timeline on something like that? I know, it's so hard to plan with these different, yeah, all these different right. timelines. It's kind of crazy to think about. And I think it's fascinating, you guys live out. We live out, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't live in the no, city. We don't. I mean, part of us wishes we did, but part of us is glad that we are. Because <laughs> we were in, we were in the city. We were in like a neighborhood, right? Um, when we were, we, so we lived in Ann Arbor. We lived in Ypsilanti as well, which is right next oh, yeah, to Ann yeah. Arbor. Which had so Ypsilanti was kind of like you know our makeshift in between of like this has more character still, is smaller still. Yeah. Like the community is a little bit more progressive. Like it's not well known, but like Ypsilanti is actually like in some ways much more progressive than Ann Arbor. Interesting. Yeah, because, I don't know, some of it maybe has to do with, like, class and, like, income levels okay. and things like that. But, like, sometimes, like, Ann Arbor's, like, a little more mainstream now, whereas it's like, it's a little yeah. bit more, like, but yeah, let's use goats to, you know, mow our lawn in our, in yeah. our park or whatever. So, yeah. I don't, I mean, that's just one example. There's, it's multi- like there's multiple dimensions in. to be yeah. progressive. But, yeah, yeah, a more artsy community, I would say, too. Yeah. And the best coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. (laughs) Um, So that's where we have to, like, kind of, like, study these areas, Mm -hmm. though, right? And, like, who's doing that? I don't know. That's such an important question. It is. That brings up, uh, clearly, I need to do due diligence and (laughs) be more involved. But to an extent, again, that's another spinning plate, though, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of adding that in to, because somebody has to pay attention to it. Right. Somebody has to be tracking that. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if that's me necessarily but yeah, yeah and I think it's it's so hard with things like that that are you know like the wicked problems where it's like multiple people need to be tracking that from multiple different perspectives mm-hmm. but then also 
they need to be able to find a time where they can come together. All together. Yeah, so it's, yeah. So that kind of brings up, maybe we'll wrap up, because I think, let's see, where are we at with time? Yeah, that brings up kind of the last question, mm -hmm. talking a little bit about remote. Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. for me, this is, like, the answer that I've always searched for. Like, <laughs> how to bring that harmony back in. Mm -hmm. How can I be a mom? Yeah and a, a professional that feels valued yeah. in her career. And remote work like blew that door open mm -hmm. for me. So how has that been working for you? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. So I've never had like full-time work experience without being a mother. So it's kind of a, a good thing in some ways. Like yeah. I don't know what it would have been like yeah. without being a mom. So that in some ways has made it easier. Yeah. Um, so my, my my first role that was full-time at the business school, like I worked like, you know, eight hour days and I just, sat in my cubicle right and was like my baby's at home at least I'm very lucky and my husband's a stay-at-home dad and that yes. that can make you know that whole thing like a lot easier yes. like he would even bring him in for like lunch so I could nurse Aww. him and like see him for That's the first so few nice. months it was so nice we have to so tell my husband home. to step it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean after all he was like okay this is getting annoying do I have, it's snowing do I have to come yep. down and park here all the time um so you know realistic so but yeah it was just like I I don't know. I'm a pretty efficient worker. I don't use, some days I do need eight hours, but yeah. most days I don't. Right. And, and usually it's like I'm waiting around for someone to email me back about something before I can really proceed. So it's like if I'm at home, I can go like do right. things, get the email, and then go run to my computer and do right. it. You know, like time. I, it's all it's, about the time. Moms, I mean, parents in general are just like so good at time management um, and like not to disrespect anybody that doesn't have kids, but I feel like in my experience, the moms that I know that are workers like get it done because yeah, like, you have a you window have yes you have a window and if you miss that window yeah. it's not happening just, which in some ways it sucks because you're not as real as like relaxed and maybe immersed <laughs> as people that don't as people that don't have kids are probably right. more relaxed and immersed a little and bit more elastic a, yeah a little bit more like focused too maybe I would say but probably yeah but I would say like you know parents know how to do time management know how to get things done with that and remote work I don't know I think it lends itself really nicely to having remote work and being a parent it does um, uh, yeah I love it I would highly recommend it to anybody if, if you're able to be in that situation right. um my company is hybrid so you know they're they're very nice in letting me actually come kind of move up here yeah and then um you know Typically, I like I go back like once a month or so okay. just to check in with everybody. Yeah. Not everybody works in the office, but usually like every month, there's other people that live out. We have a couple people in New York. We have um, one in Traverse City, a couple in Chicago. Awesome. So we're we're a little spread out. Yeah. Um, and got, we've got all the Great Lakes, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm holding down Lake Superior. Uh, <laughs> we got Huron, Michigan. I think we got that's maybe awesome. all of them. Maybe we don't have Erie. Ann Arbor can kind of be like Huron and Erie, <laughs> and then New York has Ontario, right? Is it, New York's Ontario? I don't. Who cares about Ontario? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> to be honest, I don't care about any other than Superior. I'm very like stingy yes. because I mean, uh, Superior is greater than all. Gorgeous. Combined. Yeah. Hello. Ugh. It's gorgeous. Yeah, Superior is like the force that pulls people. It is. Uh, that you cannot, you cannot resist the force of the Superior. No. <laughs> and if you, like, if you've seen it or had it or been in it, like, there's nothing that can ever compare. Like, that's like, I don't know what, maybe that's like a food comparison. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I look at other lakes now and I can't even enjoy them. No, <laughs> like, it's ruined me. I wish I was up there. Right. And yeah, growing up in Michigan too, I am never impressed by the ocean. I mean, I know there are some like beautiful places in the ocean, 
but I'm like, I don't know. Lakes? Unless it's 90 degrees yeah. and it's like, you know, warm. Right. Then I'm okay with it. Yeah. But other than that, like yeah. it's salty. Yeah. And, and things that are gonna grow. eat me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. No, and like Lake Superior by Pictured Rocks, like oh, yeah. it looks like that's it. where you're I'm from. Oh, okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah, it like looks like you're in like a tropical island. You did, but cooler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. If you don't, if you don't know about the temperature, it's very <laughs> deceiving. I've showed people pictures, and they're like, "Where is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is where I grew up." They're like, "It looks like the, like a like a tropical ocean." I was like, "Well." Let me, let me. It's better. It's better, but <laughs> you bring your jacket. Suit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need the oh, wetsuit. That's cool. So did you yeah. grow up in Munising? Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. We were yeah. actually like, we almost bought a house in Munising, but it didn't have as many acres and it was much more of a fixer upper. And I was yeah. like, I cannot with kids. Like, do no. Another. Because our Ypsilanti house was not quite a fixer upper, but we ended up doing a lot of projects and it was yeah. like. It's a nightmare. There's a point. I love doing the house projects, mm -hmm. but I need the structure to yeah. be pretty sound. Right. To, exactly. to like, I'm good with the cosmetic stuff, mm -hmm. but if it doesn't have good bones, yeah, exactly. it's out of our reach. No, like, it's much. just impossible. Yeah, yeah sure. totally hear you. No, it, and so like, that's the that's the the beauty of remote work. If anything out of COVID and there are a couple positives. I know it's a terrible thing, but there are a couple positives. And one of them is the remote, it's vastly accelerated the acceptability of remote work. And as a parent, I appreciate that more than anything. And I can't stress enough to other companies, like just do it, like make it work because your yeah. people will be so happy Oh, um, yeah. and they will work for you. Totally. But, because when we have to make a choice between our kids and yeah. our job, right, puts us in such a hard spot. I I choose my kids every right. time. I quit so many jobs yeah. because it didn't work for us. And mm -hmm. if I had had remote work for it as an option, it would have it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. Um, yeah, my coworker that moved up to Traverse City, I, I remember she said something about like nothing makes you want to work harder for someone than someone that's just like willing to support you yeah. in like your life and your family yeah. and like yeah like her decision to move tra to Traverse City was like a lot more like you know I think it'll be better for our our kids and our life yeah. and like our you know response was like yes that's great like go do that yeah because you'll be a better worker for it exactly. So, and I know that's like on an individual <clears throat> basis. I know there are companies that don't have the infrastructure for that, but I really mm -hmm. hope that like where we're heading now allows so many more of those, mm -hmm. those yeah. solutions. To I be mean, hybrid. we're a small nimble firm and like, yeah, we work, we work zoom and Miro really hard. And yeah. you know, when we're working on projects, we text people. Like, exactly. We just text back and forth, especially like I, I usually work with another mom and like her and I are like, yeah, just text me. Like <laughs> I can do that real quick. Yeah. Getting on my computer, like my kid might, you no. know, try to, yeah, that's the whole thing. My it's other hot tip for working remote yes. for parents is like, if you have access to it, like old equipment, like yeah. I have my old laptop that I had for, it still technically works and it pains <laughs> me a little bit, but it's like, it won't update anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I like let my kids play with it and like, they will sit there oh, for half, like I have, half an hour. I have like a Chromebook we're not yeah. doing anything with. Your phone with. or your laptop oh, or like any kind of genius. thing that like looks like what mommy is working on. Yeah. Cause I'll just plop right there. Oh and my God. Like, I'm working with you. My seven month old <laughs> is obsessed yeah. with needing to have what I have have and yeah. I try and work when I'm mm -hmm. feeding him oh, and he yeah. will literally rip it off right. of my lap and try and play with it yeah. and that's a good point yeah. I have phones. old phones yeah, old phones my son has like several cell phones that he mm. <laughs> great tip yes. well perfect way to end <laughs> yes. the podcast 
I love it. I love awesome it. tip, parents out there. Yeah. Uh, probably works for also uh, unexpected roommates that come in and walk mm -hmm. in on you, like just distract them with something right. shiny. Here yeah. you go. Leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it will work with cats. I don't know anything that works with cats for working They're the devil. I don't have one. But I know that they're real, real pain in the butt coworkers if you're yes. working remote. <laughs> Especially with your computers, if yeah. it's a laptop and it's on your lap. <laughs> it's apparently a good cat bed because it's yes, warm. It's warm and, and toast and you're right there. I <laughs> forget that you need I'm to not, work. I'm not, I have a cat tattoo, but I'm actually not like a cat. I'm not, I'm not, I, I like dogs. Yes. I'm a dog person. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm a cat person, but I'm not, I'm not, I appreciate cats in all their, <laughs> in all their glory. Yes. I just don't have one. I am like that now. Uh, cat, my cats ruined me oh, for all cats. Okay, yeah. yeah, I will appreciate other people's cats. Mm -hmm, totally. Don't ever want to have them again. Yeah. I yeah. cleaned up vomit this morning. In oh, fact, so man. after my kid stepped in me in it, and oh, I was like, no, ah! you had to clean up the cat and the kid. Seven oh, a.m. and I'm like, yep, it's a great morning to Here be alive. TGI Thursday. Who needs coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you have adrenaline racing in your body. Like, <laughs> whose vomit is that? <laughs> it's great. Oh, <laughs> the joys of being a yes. parent and a pet owner, a pet parent. Yes. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. And yeah. it was so fun to kind of, I mean, you're one of our members here, but it, you know, we don't always get to chat. Yeah, um, I usually just like, get, get work done. <laughs> Do my work. Which is good, that's yeah. why you're here. Yeah. But thank you for taking time. No, it was fun, I appreciate the invitation and uh, interest, so it's really fun. Yeah, so. awesome. Well, uh, that's it for today's episode, guys. And remember to uh, subscribe, follow, um, this will be continuing to go. Um, I don't know how often we'll be doing it, but we're going to be releasing it in conjunction with other Campfire Cowork stuff. So uh, follow on Campfire Cowork socials and stay tuned for more. Until then, have a great week, guys.